Prepare to Attack is a collaboration between Mash Those Buttons, Wawa's Bootcamp, and Mayhem.gg. Visit MashThoseButtons.com to learn more about our shows. Visit Wawa's Bootcamp on Discord to get coaching on your favorite Overwatch characters. Visit Mayhem.gg for live coaching streams and VODs. Welcome to Prepare to Attack, a podcast series that aims to improve your understanding of Overwatch and its characters. Today's hero is Mercy. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here once again with coach from Wawa's Wawa's Bootcamp, Fu. Hello, I am objectively the best coach to ever Overwatch, and I will be talking to you today all about Mercy. Yes, for the second time. (laughs) <laughs> yes the last one was so good that blizzard saw it and were like the mercy apocalypse is coming so we just need to completely change her to prevent that so i know people are not happy with the current state of mercy so i thought i would do another mercy podcast to force blizzard to change the mercy metagame once again all right but this one goes out for sure so you have been warned blizzard <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into our character overview. Mercy is a main healer. Uh, She has two, technically speaking, two weapons that they're listed as the Caduceus Staff and Blaster. The the staff can either heal or amplify damage of allies, and the blaster can hurt your enemies. Uh, Her newest ability is Resurrect. used to be her ultimate, but now it is an ability where... You know, self-explanatory, she can resurrect an ally every 30 seconds. She has Guardian Angel, which allows her to glide from ally to ally. Uh, She has Angelic Descent, which allows her to uh, slowly descend while she's falling. She regenerates health uh, after a certain period of time. And her new ultimate is Valkyrie, which uh, basically amplifies all of her abilities. She can fly in any direction. She can res more frequently there's no penalty on the uh cast time so valkyrie is uh, mercy on steroids essentially but foo why don't you tell us what the goals of playing mercy are absolutely so it's very important especially on any support or tank you play that you know the goals of the hero you're playing because the way the feedback of overwatch is built it's to make you feeling make you feel good for doing first-person shooter things, basically. So you won't be able to tell the difference between when you're doing well or poorly on a supporter tank based on how the game makes you feel. So you have to be consciously aware of that. So with Mercy, your goals are going to be number one, staying alive. Seems very obvious, but the way Mercy is built and the way her Guardian Angel works, that's basically her core gameplay loop. The next is going to be using her beam properly for both her her healing and her damage boost effects. And then thirdly, well, they'll be using Valkyrie properly and using it as often as possible. It is one of the most powerful ultimates in the game. And then finally, using res properly, which has a lot to do with when not to res more than when to res. Okay. So let's slide right into her weapons and how to use them. But first, we'll, I guess we'll go over some details of each weapon. So let's talk about the Caduceus Staff first. What can you tell us about the Caduceus Staff? All right. Well, both, uh, both of the beams have a 15-meter range. They lock on when you're holding it or toggle it on so that you can look 
anywhere around you and it will stay attached. The way the line of sight works is if the person leaves line of sight for two seconds, meaning that they are blocked off by a wall, it will detach. Or if you're out of range for two seconds, it will detach, but it will stay until that. The healing beam heals for 60 healing per second, which is the third highest behind Moira's 75 and Anna's 90. However, it doesn't have any resource or reload mechanic. Uh, The damage boost will increase one teammate's damage by 30%. And it's important to note that the way it works is when the damage is actually dealt, it checks to see if you are damage boosted so that uh, it's not when a projectile is launched. It also does not apply to... Torb turret, Symmetra turrets, or Junkrat tire. As for how to use it, so first off, it's very important to note that the healing and the damage are not created equally. Overall, if you had to choose one, it would be an obvious choice to choose the heal because it is significantly more powerful in the vast majority of situations. If you have to choose between a character that outputs an impressive 60 healing per second constantly versus a character that increases one person's damage by 30%, well, you would never pick the latter. That is not very good. So we want to try to use healing as the default and only damage boost as an exception when we see an opportunity. The first opportunity is fairly obvious. It's whenever you don't need healing. So if you don't need to be healing anyone at all, obviously you should be damage boosting if you can make use of that. The next is going to be uh, certain specific opportunities where damage boost becomes more powerful, like a Reaper using his ultimate or a soldier using tactical visor where damage boost on a certain character will suddenly become much more powerful than it normally would be the third is something i alluded a bit to which is damage boost flickering so since the damage boost is applied when damage is dealt that means if you flicker damage boost for just a moment as the damage is actually dealt you will get full bonus from the damage boost. So that means you can effectively heal and damage boost a character simultaneously uh, if you do it well and they have a slow rate of fire. So for instance, when you're beaming a Farah, you want to hold the heal beam on her and then watch for her rockets to be about to hit and then just flicker damage boost for about a tenth of a second right as it's landing. So that way you don't have to react to her taking damage and switch to heal because you'll miss out on a bit of healing there. Same goes for things that happen in bursts. So like if you see a Junkrat throw his mine, if you see Roadhog land hook, McCree land flashbang, uh, any sudden burst of damage or any slow fire rate, like Genji slashing with his blade or Reinhardt swinging his hammer, you want to flicker damage boost for just a moment so that you can get full benefit of damage boost without having to spend time using it. So next we have heal. So heal is the most important. So first off, it's important to beam whoever needs it most at any given time. If someone is urgently dying, it's more important to heal them over anyone else. Because of this, it's extremely important to have awareness and vision of where your team is at all times. And because you can look wherever you want when you are actually beaming someone, it, you don't want to look at whoever you have been because you will see their health on your screen and you want to look around. People often say I look like a squirrel when I play Mercy because I'm just like my head's like swiveling this way and I'm turning this way all over the place. So, so yeah, that you want to have full awareness of your team so you can see who's about to die and you can beam them to keep them alive because that's like getting a free res, but much better. So assuming there are multiple people who are taking damage and at an equal risk of dying, you want to prioritize them as follows. First, it's going to be your fellow healer because they, uh, by keeping them alive, you will indirectly heal the rest of your team for more. And also, they are the only person who can heal you. 
So that's why Double Healer has been run basically forever, is because even if you have a character like Mercy or Anna who can solo heal for their team, if no one can heal them, they're incredibly easy to pick off, and then there's only one healer. So you'll often see uh, like an off healer run with a Mercy, like a Zen or Lucy, who don't output a lot of healing, but they can heal the main healer and provide other utility for their team. So they're the number one person you want to try to keep alive. The next priority is going to be any other squishy hero, like a DPS hero or Symmetra, because if they get hit, let's say it's a McCree, gets hit by one fire rocket, he's at 80 health now, basically anything could kill him at any moment. So the faster you're able to switch to him and start healing him, the less likely he is to die. On top of that, the more he will be able to do, the more space and opportunity he will have to deal damage. A lot of support players uh, often get stuck at a certain rank and they feel like they just have really bad DPS on their team and they just can't impact the game. A lot of that goes on what they don't see. That time you pick Anna and you're trying to shoot down a far because your hitscan does it, you might not see your McCree take a little bit of damage and then run off and get a health pack for eight seconds. And then he's not participating in the game. Whereas if you just shot him one time, he could have taken down that Farah. So it's very important you enable your DPS. Uh, the final priority is going to be tanks because they have big shields. They have big HP parts. They're not going to just suddenly die. And if they do, your, your healing wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh, that being said, even though they're the lowest priority, you're going to spend most of your time healing them because they by far take the most damage. So you will... Heal them a lot. Just make sure that you're keeping aware of your squishier teammates and you switch to them when you need to. And you keep an especially close eye on your other healer, uh, especially if they're like a Zenyatta behind you. The final thing I'll say about Beam is just a little mechanical tip. In my opinion, the optimal way to do it is you are always holding left mouse button down when you're healing someone. And then in addition to that, you'll hold down right, right mouse in order to damage boost and then let go to go back to healing. It's the easiest way to use the damage boost flickering technique. All right. Now, uh, just to step back a second, you talked about basically pharmacy. What what I see a lot of pharmacy, and when they're in the air, I see that blue beam a lot. That they're just trying to damage boost the the pharaoh. But you're saying that they should always be healing the pharaoh and only boosting when the 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 rocket is just getting ready to hit. Now, make a much more effective pharmacy. So yeah, that is just objectively better in order to use pharmacy in that way because you can be getting full value out of the damage boost while also getting full value out of the healing. However, you, it takes some practice and it takes getting used to, especially since most of the time you won't actually see the rockets hitting their target. So what you'll do is you'll just maybe damage boost for like a quarter of a second, 0.2 seconds, right as you think the rock's going to land. And then you can get a feel for her fire rate and then kind of release it for that uh, 0.9 second gap in between her rocket shots. Uh, you don't need to count the time or anything. You'll just naturally get a feel for it. And that will keep your far alive better while allowing her to input damage because you'll have a lot of times with less experienced mercies on Faras, they'll damage boost the whole time and then they'll guarantee damage boost like the first four rockets and their far will start taking damage and then they'll just be holding down heal and then the rest of the rockets won't get damage boosted because they just have to keep healing. You can keep full of, of both on. Uh, if you do that technique. All right. Awesome. That, that's actually a really good tip. I didn't really think about that before. And I'm, I'm a little upset at myself for enabling Farrah Mercy now. <laughs> I, better, I got that tip from Skyline uh, a long time ago. He introduced me to that concept in a video. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Okay. 
All right, so I guess are, are we ready to move on to the uh, Caduceus Blaster then? Absolutely. So Blaster is a bit of a noob trap. Uh, it, it's especially kind of the thing where if you're not winning a game, it feels like I need to pull out my pistol and deal damage. No, it's not good for that. Well, it does have 100 damage per second, which is kind of okay-ish. Uh, it's got a very slow projectile speed, so it's not effective uh, for actually killing people because it's very imprecise due to that. So it does have one particular very strong use, which is charging Valkyrie. I was going to talk about this. A l- I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but it's a very good poke tool because you can fire it for the entire amount of ammo and then switch back to your staff. And after I believe 2.5 seconds, it will uh, automatically reload if you have your staff out. Um, the only other time you really want to use pistol is either in a very specific situation where it's like a weird 2v2 and you just know pulling out the pistol is how you'll win it Um, or more commonly a situation where you just completely get caught out on your own because you mispositioned or you got booped somewhere somehow and the only way you can do anything is by pulling out your pistol because there's just no teammates near you right but your your top priority should be looking for teammates to uh, use like um guardian angel to get out of that situation yeah the as we'll talk about a bit more in staying alive at no point is self-defense classes given there uh it's it's strictly evasion uh you don't even you know kick them in the shorts before running you just get out of there you fly right so just battle mercy is a myth it's always been a myth and for the foreseeable future it will continue to be a myth valkyrie has some homages to battle mercy but yeah it's primarily a poke tool Gotcha. Okay. Well, we won't spend too much time on that. Let's go ahead and move into her abilities. Let's start with, you know, downgraded to ability or maybe upgraded to ability, resurrect, (laughs) however however you want to... uh call it yeah resurrect is a very non-controversial ability that everyone has thoroughly <laughs> loved throughout overwatch's history it's been celebrated as the pinnacle of game design everyone points to that and say look how good blizzard is at game design look at this anyway seriously though uh what it does is it brings a dead ally back to life with full health it channels for 1.75 seconds during that time you can only move at a speed of 25 percent and it will instantly cancel your momentum when you start casting it it's into you'd think that like you would keep your momentum a little bit, but no, you just stop like a rock. Uh, and it you have to be looking at them, not like line of sight traditionally, where you just draw a line from the center of your character to the center of wherever it is. You have to actually be looking at them within a five meter range. And then once you're casting it, there is an about a 7.5 meter tether range, which funnily enough, again, an extraordinarily well-designed ability, you can press res and then literally just walk out of the range and it won't res them. So you have to be very careful about that. As long as you start at like 4.5 meters or so with them and then walk straight backwards, you're fine. But overall, be a bit careful about getting knocked out of it because that's very punishing or walking out of it. After your teammate is rezzed, they will be invulnerable for 2.25 seconds. The whole time, they're unable to do anything. However, they will be able to start walking after about uh, 1.25 seconds. Uh, It also gets interrupted by stuns in addition to walking out of it. So if there's anyone who has any stun potential, even if your team can keep you alive, uh, it can get interrupted. You don't need to end with line of sight is another important thing. So if you res someone at a corner and then slowly walk around said corner, you will be able to res them through the wall. Once you start the line of sight, you just need to stay within the 7.5 meter range. 
As for how to use res uh, in terms of movement, you basically want to throw out the normal idea of moving erratically because there's really nothing you can do to do that. You just want to move in a straight line one way or the other, preferably towards whatever direction is safest, just so you're not a still target. You can try spinning, but in my testing, I think they intentionally made the character model when she does it a nice little straight line so your head hitbox doesn't move at all. Uh, like your, I think your character model is basically just a cylinder at that point. So it, it spinning doesn't really do anything. Um, as for when to res, it's more about when not to res. You basically just res whenever you can get away with it. And it has a good chance of helping your team win that fight or get the fight sooner. So in terms of when to use it, you have to just make sure that, okay, if I'm resing here, am I very likely to die? If so, basically don't res there. Also, if I'm resing, is my teammate, who I am no longer able to heal, going to die? Because you have to bear in mind, there is that 1.75 second cast time, and then Mercy has to kind of bring her staff back down. So you're going to be not healing for about two seconds. That's 120 HP. And if you let a teammate die to res another, that's basic. That, that's just bad, because you're losing a lot of op time on both yourself and that person to participate in a fight. Um, with old res, you basically very rarely wanted to res a teammate like near spawn when they got picked off before a fight on attack because it was better to just wait that time. But with new res, it's significantly less powerful during fights. Um, so you will want to more often do that. Uh, the only time you might not is if you have Valkyrie and you can make easy use of those two reses in the next fight. Um, anytime you are resing, it's very important that you're communicating it to your teammate preferably in advance asking for something like defensive matrix zarya bubble a roadhog just to body block you just anything your team can give you you may think oh well my team doesn't listen anyway something like that you might be right a lot of the time but just you'd be surprised sometimes people will listen and that's one time you didn't die which could decide an entire game uh, as for who to res, there's really not too much you need to think about in terms of who to res any situation where you have you have the ability to choose between multiple res targets. It's either going to be so situational, I can't give you advice, or it's a fight you shouldn't be resing in anyway. Right. And I think I just want to stress that, uh, you know, res when you're, when you're clear, like when you're not going to, when it doesn't put you to, in too much danger and it doesn't put somebody else that's still alive in too much danger. Cause I'm still seeing a lot of mercies. Like, let's say I die. And I'll see a Mercy try to res me. I'm like, no, 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 not yet. And they get wiped out. You know, you're you're much better off alive to help your team than yes, resing exactly. one person in most cases. I mean, mm -hmm. at the very least, stay alive and retreat, right? It's also worth noting, we'll talk about Valkyrie a bit, uh, but you're not charging Valkyrie while you're resing. So that is, that is significant because charging Valkyrie is extremely important. Right. I mean, sometimes like when I play on my higher character, I, sometimes I, I only see, you know, big reses when somebody's in Valkyrie. Like they're a lot more careful, but when I have a character that's like at the gold border, like right above platinum, uh, and that's the character I generally see a lot. I see a lot of mercies get killed because they're resing when they shouldn't be. I mean, I kill a lot of mercies because they're resing when they shouldn't be. Yeah. So really important <laughs> to, to actually analyze your situation, even though cause, you know, I, know, I do know that people will, 
you know, get angry at you. Like, oh, why didn't you resonate? Because, because I didn't have any cover. <laughs> like, I couldn't res you right there. Yeah, I, I almost feel like a liquor commercial talking about mercy. You just have to have that little disclaimer. Always remember to res responsibly. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Always remember to res responsibly. Uh, all right. So are we, are we good to move on to our next ability, Guardian Angel? Absolutely. This is a fun one. All right. So with Guardian Angel at, a, at its most simple, it allows you to fly towards a target. You travel 20 meters per second, which in Overwatch terms is uh, roughly three times your normal walking speed, or in other words, really fast. And it has a 30 meter range, which is extremely far for a lock-on ability. Uh, they also added a mechanic very recently on New Mercy that was kind of dubbed the Slingshot. And it is extremely fun very powerful and increases Mercy's movement skill cap quite a lot. And the way it works is while you are in Guardian Angel, if you have toggle off, which you should, while you're holding your Guardian Angel button, when you jump out of it, you will be able to move, like jump upwards and then maintain your Guardian Angel move speed, your momentum, while also holding the jump button to float for two seconds or until you let go of the guardian angel button you can also no longer be tethered to the person you're dashing to because normally when you're guardian angel into someone you have no control over where you go you just move straight line towards that you can now alter your momentum a little bit uh which is very important so basically what it allows you to do is you can use teammates as kind of initiation points where i start moving towards them and then i can uh slingshot and then move to the right towards a piece of cover or towards the left onto that health pack. Or I can go as close to them as possible and then hit space and then, or whatever your jump button is, and go past them into a little doorway behind them. So it just opens up your opportunities to move drastically uh, and the ability to create distance between your team quite a lot. Uh, it is important to note that there is a minimum range on the slingshot mechanic that's about a meter farther than the minimum range for Guardian Angel, which is five meters, uh, where if you are like six meters away from someone and you try to dash them, you will not be able to jump. This is actually uh, a bug fix for a bug I reported where if you are very close to someone and you GA right at the, the minimum range, you kind of jitter back and forth. And if you jump boosted out of this, you could like fly into the air or fly backwards and they couldn't fix the jitter. So they just gave it that minimum range, I believe. Uh, but yeah, the slingshot, if you are not aware of that mechanic, uh, just remember you have to hold the guardian angel button. You have to have guardian angel active for it to work. Uh, and it, you will go much farther if you hold the jump button as well. But bear in mind, while you're holding the guardian angel button, even after you've canceled uh, the guardian angel by hitting jump, your guardian angel will still be active and it won't go on cooldown until either the time runs out, you let go, or you touch the ground. All right. And Guardian Angel, I would, I would think it's safe to say, is the number one way Mercy's kind of stay alive. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's up there. Obviously, positioning plays a huge role in that. Uh, mm -hmm. But in terms of, like, part of her kit, it is the thing you will be using the most actively. It's, like, the cornerstone towards her gameplay loop. You will be just playing around this and thinking with it as much possible. That's one of the things that will separate a lower level Mercy from a better Mercy is the ability to use Guardian Angel properly. Gotcha. Actually, is it, I don't think we've, we've mentioned it already, but there's a setting for Mercy. I believe it is that 
it, it automatically guardian angels to the person you're healing. You want, don't you want to turn that off so that you can, you know, be healing somebody and then guardian angel to somebody else? Yes, there is a debate about this. However, I am on the side that you should turn that off. First, I'll give you the argument for it. If you have a guardian angel prefers beam target on, it technically allows you to dash to someone that you are physically unable to dash to if you do not have that setting turned on, which is someone you've lost line of sight of because they've gone through a wall or because they're just outside uh, or no, no, because they've gone around a wall and that generally isn't very useful. Normally dashing straight into a wall is not useful. And it's also something you can normally very easily circumvent by just positioning a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. Uh, well, it technically gives you something you can do. It's something that's not very useful in my opinion. However, when you have that setting off, it opens up an incredible degree of freedom of movement because you can attach your beam to one person and then easily just dash to someone else, which is something I do so often it is uh, I couldn't count it. And while you technically with the setting on turn around, deattach beam, start dash, turn back around, reattach beam, turn back around all in one instant. Realistically, you have to bear in mind that we are humans and that is not something that's realistic. And that takes a lot of, you know, brain hardware uh, brain power in order to do that, that we could be spending otherwise. And we are going to be missing out on time healing. We are going to mess up sometimes and miss the reattach and not, not heal them and then they die. So it's just much easier to use it off. In addition, there is something that people always overlook. There is something you can do with the setting turned off that you can't do with it turned on. If you have your beam attached to someone who is behind a wall and they are taking damage and your beam is about to deattach, that two seconds is almost up. You can dash to another teammate without ever deattaching that beam to reinitiate the beam just in time. And if you had to deattach first, you would guaranteed, no matter how fast you are, miss out on a certain amount of healing on them, which could get them killed. All right. So the, I, I would imagine this podcast is pro turning off that setting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, the other setting, now, now that we're in settings and we're still in Guardian Angel, I'll talk about Toggle Guardian Angel. Uh, do not, absolutely do not have it on. It is the worst setting in the game, in my opinion. Uh, in addition to it being clunkier because you have to hit more buttons and why hit more buttons when you can hit fewer buttons to do the same thing. It also limits your ability to do something very important, which is hold down the Guardian Angel button in order to buffer a guardian angel so that if you have it held down with toggle guardian angel off it means that the second you can guardian angel to someone you will uh which can be very useful in just quality of life while also giving you the ability to dash to someone you only saw for just a moment that your reaction time wouldn't reasonably able to be to time um so that setting is a mandatory off because uh, if you have it on you can't hold it down to buffer it nothing will happen all right, that's setting off. Well, actually, both settings off. Both <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, both off. All right, so uh, before we get into the ultimate, she does have two passives that are pretty simple. Um, one being Angelic Descent, which allows her to slowly uh, descend to the ground when she's in the air. you have any tips for that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a very common thing where people are in the air. They just don't realize that unlike... Uh, that like being on the ground, you need to move as erratically as possible in order to be harder to hit. Otherwise, you will get lit up. So people often have this little thing 
where they just float daintily in a straight line through the air until they GA next, and then they'll very frequently die. But you want to, if any of you have ever watched Super Smash Brothers Melee or just Peach the character in that game, you will see good Peach players when they're recovering with their little parasol, which works a lot like GA, where they can float and then they'll drop very quickly and then float again. You want to keep it erratically when you are dropping and when you're floating and what direction you're going in to make your your movement as unpredictable as possible and dodge bullets. Because Guardian Angel is on such a short cooldown, your altitude is not actually that valuable. You can expend it in order to move more radically. So be very hesitant to just float in a straight line. Don't let yourself do that. Move erratically. All right. And also regeneration is is another passive she has where she automatically heals after one second of not taking damage. 20 20 HP per second. So she heals over time. Uh, Do you have any tips for that besides don't get hit? Yeah, well, what this does is it kind of emphasizes the positioning we're going to talk about in a little bit uh, where we want to see the enemy as little as possible, because if we are not letting the enemy team see us, we're not going to get chipped down because we will always be able to just passively heal back up. It's only 10% of her HP per second, but it's quite a lot. And it also kind of makes her a lot better at doing things if her off healer gets picked off because she won't just slowly lose her HP over the course of the thing with no ability to heal herself because she is the only, no one's there to heal her. Like Anna, if she takes a little bit of poke damage, she can just grenade her feet and then she has no healing on herself for the next 10 seconds. So that's very useful. Whenever you're low health, try to especially, you already should be, but especially make sure that the enemy is not really able to see you. So uh, at this point, let's go ahead and dig into Valkyrie. What can you tell us about that? All right. Well, Valkyrie was another award-winning design decision by Blizzard that everyone applauded. No, it, let's be real. Valkyrie is a bit broken. And the reason why it's broken is because first, it gives her beam double range, 30 meters. So you can go extremely far away from the fight and just like not participate and be untouchable. You also get to fly, which gives you the ability to be very hard to hit, while also your giant wings that aren't part of your hitbox makes your hitbox very deceptive, so it's even harder to hit you. Uh, And then you also have a 40-meter Guardian Angel, excuse me, 40-meter Guardian Angel, which has double move speed, uh, which is basically like a teleport. You can move 40 meters in one second, uh, which is like almost Genji dash level speed. So what it allows you to do is it allows you to be so far away from the fight and so safe that you are just going to be the most powerful character ever for 20 seconds without being reasonably killable if you play it right. Uh, In addition to that, you will constantly have your regeneration passive going. It will no longer be canceled by taking damage. And your move speed is 9 meters a second, which is slightly faster than the normal. In addition, your pistol now has infinite ammo. And you will be able to fire it at 90 meters per second, which is much faster. It doesn't actually increase the damage or fire rate, but the increased projectile speed, as I said before, the slow projectile speed of the normal pistol makes it a very unreliable, difficult to use weapon beyond not difficult, but just unreliable because the enemy, unless you perfectly predict their movement on timing, they their movement will just be unpredictable towards you because it takes so long for your shot to get with them. That's not as important with new pistol so with all of that information there the last thing we have is the chain beam which is nuts it allows both of her beams to 
chain to any teammate that is close enough. I believe it is, uh, I want to say like it's 10 or five meters, one of the two. You can look it up. You have the wiki. Uh, (laughs) So what this does is first off is it changes our priority a little bit because if you pay attention, especially from your nice little sky loft looking down on all of the peasants uh, on the payload, you will see that people tend to take damage kind of one at a time. Maybe they'll take damage a little bit on one person, a lot on another person, and a tiny bit on a third. But by and large, whoever is the closest and most available towards the enemy team, they're going to be the one taking the damage. So whenever you're healing someone, even if you're beaming to several people, you're mostly going to only be healing that one person. Whereas if you're damage boosting your whole team, you will be damage boosting your whole team. You're not going to be doing nothing when you have your damage boost on them unless they are not in a position to deal damage. So we are going to prioritize damage boost over healing and treat that as the default while looking for opportunities to heal. And the opportunities to heal are fairly obvious. If someone is at risk of dying, a significant risk of dying, that is, or multiple people are taking damage, perhaps from a more AoE effect, like a Rhine Hammer in your team, or a Winston Nano Boost or something like that, uh, you will try to heal through that. But you will prioritize damage boost. If your team is kind of winning the fight and you have two res stacks, you might even consider letting one teammate die to keep damage boost on everyone, because you can just pop down and res them. As for Pistol and Valkyrie, as I mentioned, it's much better. However, her beam is so powerful, you still want to avoid using Pistol if your team at all needs either beam. If you can get value out of either beam, it's better than Pistol. However, if your team is not in urgent need of healing and this specific opportunity presents itself, your time to battle mercy, your dreams are now within your grasp. It is very good at dealing with things above your team, namely and especially Farah. Mercy and Valkyrie messes up Farah. All those times that you got dove and then your Farah just ran into a building so you couldn't LOS her, now is your chance to get revenge because you can get on an even, even altitude with Farah, which will make it much easier to hit her. And because it's like she's on the ground with you, and that's normally what makes Farah so hard to hit is she's in the air. But relative to you, she's basically on the ground. And her move speed is very slow. And you really notice that once you're right up next to her. So you can pull out your pistol and just melt her. Make sure to not get too close and to move erratically so she doesn't double direct hit you. But you should be able to kill her fairly quickly. The other thing is any character on the high ground, like a Widow or a Hanzo. Uh, just be careful when contesting those heroes that they don't, you're not moving predictably, otherwise you will instantly die. Uh, same with a McCree or a Soldier. Just careful not to get too close. You can pull out your pistol and shoot at them until either they die or they are forced to retreat from the high ground. And once they do that, you're done. You only care about people that are on the high ground or above your team. Just be careful that you still are aware of your team and that you aren't letting them die or missing out on opportunity to damage boost your whole team as they're killing them, as that does still take a higher priority. So now we have talked about the parts of how to use it. Now we'll talk about the positioning and where we should be. So as I mentioned before, you want to be very far away from your team. If you are using Valkyrie well, you should almost never die unless you are specifically going in for a res. Um, Because you can go into a fight knowing you're going to Valkyrie. You can position much farther back and you can start a bit farther back. And then once you Valkyrie, you have to resist the urge, what feels right to do, to just float up into the skybox and gaze down on all of the peasants. You need to... 
follow the positional advice of staying very far away from your team. You want to be able to see your team and very little of the enemy team. And you want to be hugging a corner or with Valkyrie, something like a doorway or a window or just a giant wall. So that way, specifically, you need to keep in mind Deadeye, Tack Visor, and Diva Bomb. Because if any of those come out, you should have a getaway plan for that. They should never let anything kill you of that. And then if you're 30 meters away, if at any point the enemy starts like diving you and aggressively chasing you, you can just hit shift, teleport to your team 30 meters away, and then they can't get to you. And then you're fine. You can just, you know, if someone dies, you can just swoop in and res them uh, in a second or so, which is obviously extremely fast. So you want to resist the urge to float up in the sky. You want to stay with buildings, with terrain so that you can avoid those lock on or explosion effects that kill you. Now we've talked about how to use it and where to use it. Let's talk about when to use it. This is very important. So across my entire time playing New Mercy, I've had one time where I thought to myself, man, I used Valkyrie too soon in this fight and I ran out before the fight ended. And then we won the fight. So it's very difficult to actually use Valkyrie too soon. So if you are unsure, sooner is better because 20 seconds is two eternities in overwatch not just one eternity two eternities so what you'll look for is for both teams to be engaged or if you're even a little bit cleverer than that when you know both teams are going to be engaged in about half of a second what i mean by that is you want to make sure both teams are fighting and they're not in a position where they can just back out Uh, You don't want the enemy team to be able to be like, oh, they Valkyried, we're going to play more careful and then force you to come to us. You want the teams to be engaged. And you also want it to be an even fight starting off. If your team has gotten a pick or two, uh, you don't want to look to Valkyrie. If their team has gotten two picks, you probably just want to write that fight up as a loss and not pop Valk and then res two people. Um, If one person got killed, it's fine to pop Valk and then res someone. But if it's two, that's very dangerous. Um... So yeah, use it very early in a fight, and then you will want to try to use a, use your massive 20-second advantage to guarantee a fight win in that regard. Because it's so powerful and it charges fairly quickly, you're going to want to use it very often. The more you can use it, uh, the better. But just bear in mind, the only value of Valkyrie is winning a team fight, or at the very least, forcing enemy ultimates out. There's no value in resing people. There's no value in healing or damage boost. The only value is in winning that team fight or forcing the enemy to use big ultimates like Earth Shatter, Grab, and Transcendence. So don't measure it by res. Res has no objective value. It feels like it does. It even shows them the kill feed. But getting a res does not have any objective value both in or out of Valkyrie. So you want to make sure that you are measuring it by if it won you the fight. It's much more powerful to prevent your teammates from dying in the first place with heal beam on the chain aura than it is to res people because they will not spend any time dead and you will not miss out on any opportunity to heal damage boost and you will not put yourself in risk by resing. As I said, the only time you should really die with res, excuse me, with Valkyrie uh, is when you have to go in and res. So you want to use it ideally before teammates are dying and prevent them from dying in the first place. Last thing with Valkyrie is how to get it as fast as possible. So it should always be your priority to heal as much as you can when you don't have Valkyrie and whenever no one needs healing to damage boost because damage boost, as I forgot to mention earlier, charges your ultimate. Uh, You get one point towards your alt charge for every three damage your teammate deals. 
So you want to maximize that. And finally, in between team fights, after a fight has been won or when your team is regrouping after a loss fight, if you can safely pull out your pistol and then try to poke at the enemy team, you should be able to get a good 10 to 20% ultimate each time if the enemy doesn't block it or something like that. Make sure you're not dying for it, but it is, if you can get it, very useful because it allows you to Valk like an extra one or two times per round or game or whatever, which is extremely impactful in the long term. All right. That was a lot of information on Valkyrie. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's probably the most important part of Mercy because it's like after Res has been nerfed, the, the way you get around the Res nerf is by using Valkyrie so many times that your teammates never die, or you can get those free superpower reses off Valk. Gotcha. All right. So well, while you were talking Valkyrie, you did talk position, and but that was really in relation to Valkyrie. Did you want to get into positioning uh, outside of Valkyrie, you know, I, when you're trying to get Valkyrie? I absolutely do, because this is the most important part of playing Mercy is the staying alive. There's three core aspects to staying alive, and they kind of form a nice flowchart. And it's the most subtle thing. Again, the game gives you no feedback on it other than you died, which is not extremely helpful. So the first and most obvious part of her staying alive flowchart is going to be your positioning counterintuitively mercy wants to be a very sedentary character what she wants to do is find a position and just stay in there and then output stuff for as long as possible however as mercy is a very high priority target to kill you're going no one's going to let you stay there or your team is going to move and then you're not going to have to leave so you want to find this position and then you're going to stay there until you are forced to leave so what is this good position well there's several aspects of it that are all very important number one you want to be able to see your whole team as much of your team as possible uh, if you can't see your whole team in the same screen, you want to make sure you're checking on everyone frequently. You have to think of yourself as the babysitter. And if you look away from that little toddler for three seconds, he's going to stick a fork in a socket and then you're going to get fired because he's an idiot. Anyway, you also want to make sure that the enemy can't see you at all as little as possible, because if they can see you easily, that means they have easy access to you. Winston can jump directly on top of you. Tracer can blink right up to you. You want them to have to either go through or around your team to get to you. The other thing that's very important is you want to make sure that you are using terrain to block line of sight of the enemy. In addition to not seeing them, you want to make sure that there is a physical barrier in between them and you are hugging some type of corner so that if someone does come up to you, you can back around the corner and break line of sight of them. We also want to make sure we're about 15 meters behind our frontmost tank so that we create distance, a nice buffer distance between them. Again, forcing their team to go through my team to get to me or around at the very least. The other part that's the most optional but also very important is staying at an angle relative to your team. So if we're on a clock, if, if their team is at 12 o'clock and our team is the very center of the clock, and we would want to be kind of in that like nine to seven o'clock range. Uh, why is that? Well, that's because if we are at, you know, six o'clock at the bottom where our team is in between us and the enemy team, if we get flanked and we have to guardian angel away, we have two choices. We can either go directly into our team and be in the center of the fight or B, we can go past our team directly into the enemy team, which is basically saying, take me now. But if we're at an angle relative to our team, we can dash 
past our team using the slingshot mechanic to get away from where we were without going into the enemy team. So ideally, we want to be at an angle. Just don't overdo it so that we're closer to the enemy team than we are to our team. And again, we want to stay there until we are forced to leave and make sure while you're in that position, you are passively moving erratically back and forth. And we'll talk about that in a second. The next thing we're going to do is when we are forced to leave, we will guardian angel towards a teammate. That is either because we are being flanked or we are being dove uh, by Winston or something like that. Not when we are being poked down by a soldier that's like 30 meters away. If that's the case, we want to just kind of back up a little bit. So when we dash to a teammate, who do we dash to? Well, unfortunately, I can't answer that for you because it's so situational. There's no general rule outside of it's whoever either you need to get in range of to save them or uh, whoever is safest for you to dash to who will help you stay alive. It's very important to bear in mind that you do not have to dash the full distance. Very often, just dashing a short distance towards someone to like initiate your beam on someone, if you're being forced to move because someone's about to die on your team, uh, just do a short dash. You can cancel it. I know some, I forgot some mercies haven't realized that because the game doesn't tell you it, uh, but that's very important. So yeah, you want to dash to a teammate when you're being dove or when you need to dash them to save them or when you're no longer in effective position. These feet that you have, those mercy boots, they were not made for walking. They were made for dancing. Walking is for peasants. We've established that already. We're not peasants. We look down on peasants. We don't walk. We have people who do that for us. And we bought these shiny wings from the Gap store. They were like $3,000. We're going to make use of them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Now, this is where the flowchart part comes in. If we're now safe after we have dashed to a teammate, we're just going to go back to step one. We're going to find as good of a position as we can with where we've wound up. Otherwise, we're going to go to step three, which is uh, moving erratically in order to stay alive. So this notably is not jumping. Jumping does not help you. Uh, jumping makes your movement much more predictable and gives you less ability to change your momentum. I won't really say too much more about that, otherwise we'll be here all day, but it will make you easier to shoot most of the time unless you are specifically dodging something um, with a like low fire rate. But what we want to do is we want to be mixing in like slightly longer strafes that last about a third of a second with short strafes for about a tenth of a second in order to make our movement quick and unpredictable. And ideally, we want to face whoever is shooting us to make it as hard as possible for them to shoot us. We'll just do this until our guardian angel is back up, and then we'll dash to a teammate. Um, so if we piece it together, the flowchart will look something like this. First, we'll find a good position. We'll stay there until we're forced to leave. When we're forced to leave, we're going to dash to a teammate. We're not going to walk. We don't want to walk anywhere because when we're walking the straight line, we're very easy to shoot. We want the guardian angel. Now, after we've Guardian Angel, if we're safe, we're going to go back and find another good position. If not, we're going to move erratically until our Guardian Angel cooldown is back up, and then we're going to go back to step two uh, and dash to another teammate. All right. Once again, lots of great information um, to keep yourself alive and keep your team healed up. Uh, I guess now you want to talk about some matchups? Yeah, this Mercy. is... This is kind of an extension on the Stang Alive, just tips for specifically dealing with these heroes. So with Tracer... If you uh, ever find yourself getting dove with a tracer, you want to dash right at the start of her burst. So you want to ideally see her coming so that you can get away before she gets a good clip on you. And she is the main reason why we want to be moving erratically back and forth passively without 
even if we're not being shot at, because if a tracer comes up behind you and you're just standing still holding your beam, she will take you down in one clip every time. But if we're moving erratically back and forth, not even the best tracers on ladder will be able to do that with any form of consistency. It, it, would, it would be pure luck at that point. Um, in addition to that, if we do get clipped by a tracer look for her reload animation there's no point to guardian angel while she's reloading we want to wait until she's right about to start shooting us and then dash so that way she'll miss a good part of the first of her clip and then she'll have to reload again that will help us stay alive a lot tracer is especially important when she's shooting if you don't have guardian angel to move erratically back and forth against in general because it makes it much harder for her to output good damage on you as for Genji, he's one of the characters where jumping can actually be useful. For the most part, it's the same rule as Tracer. If you are standing still and a Genji comes up behind you, he can just triple headshot dash insta-kill you. Uh, so you want to make that unfeasible. However, with Genji, right as he's right before he throws a shuriken, we can time a jump uh, in order to dodge that bro of shuriken. Just don't spam it. Uh, maybe one out of every three or four shurikens you might want to jump over. So that is something very useful you can implement. But he is the character that you kind of want to bait him to like dash to you and then you fly away. In addition to that, a little tip, if he dragon blades and he's coming for you, if you wait until right after he pulls his swords out, every single Genji is just going to dash. So you wait for right as he's able to dash and then you fly to a teammate and then he'll dash to where you were. He'll probably hit you with the dash, but then he won't be able to slash you uh, and you should be able to get alive. That includes dashing through the Genji if you have to. Uh, that is a pretty consistent way to stay alive against Genji. Most of them will not wait for you to dash before they do. Next, moving on to Winston. Winston is a very common uh, enemy of Mercy. So the first most important thing to do against Winston is to not let him see you. If he can't see you, he can't directly dive on you. And if you don't get hit by that initial burst of him landing on you, it's much more difficult for him to kill you. So you want to... Avoid him being able to jump directly on you by just not seeing him. If he is on you, however, you want to dash away as soon as possible because every second you're not spending in his his Tesla cannon, your odds of like surviving become exponentially higher and it gives you more time to get your passive going and start healing again before he can jump. The next thing is if he is managing to see you and jump on you, there's a little technique you can do called jump boosting. So the way momentum works in this game is while you are getting knocked back, if you're in the air, you will maintain your momentum, almost 100% of it, basically indefinitely. So if you're on the ground, he'll knock you a little bit up and a little bit back, and then you hit the ground and you go back to your normal walking speed. However, if you jump right before he lands on you and DI, uh, you're holding away from where he uh, is going to knock you, you can fly backwards just far enough to stay out of his Tesla cannon range. So that can be very useful. Uh, as for his primal rage, if you can time uh, your guardian angel for right as he's about to slap you, you won't get knocked back out of guardian angel and that can help you get away. Uh, and then next we have D.Va. The most important thing to do against D.Va is to also not let her see you and be hugging a corner. Because if D.Va is allowed to turn on her missile and dash to you and hit you with the dash, you're dead. You're just dead. So if you're standing at a corner and then if she turns on her missiles and dashes at you and then you just take a step to the left or a step to the right and she can't see you anymore, none of those missiles are going to hit you. Uh, she'll hit you with her dash, but then you can just fly through and not care. You'll be fine. 
overall, the most important thing you're going to have to watch out against D.Va is watch out for open spaces in general, because that will also keep you alive against her ultimate. If you're always hugging a corner, you're not going to get caught out by D.Va ultimate. Finally, we have Sombra. So Sombra is not seen very often, but is a very effective counter to Mercy because if she lands her hack on you, you're dead meat. Your core uh, ability to stay alive no longer functions, and you're, you have no way to defend yourself. You're kind of done for. So what you want to do is you want to keep a very careful eye on where she's moving. Try to keep track of if she's coming up behind you. Listen for if she's coming out of stealth. And the second she does, just cry bloody murder. Just say, ah, there's a sombra behind me. Because if your team just hits her at all with anything, she won't be able to hack you. But if you just try to like fly away or something, you're going to get hacked. Uh, and then you're probably going to be in the middle of the open without ability to go anywhere and you're going to die. Uh, as for her EMP, like if you have Valkyrie or something, it's especially important to stay very far back so that if she EMPs your team, you can pop Valk, heal your team through it, res anyone who dies during it, and now suddenly your team will have an advantage in that fight. All right. Did you did you want to talk hit scan too? Yeah. So for hit scan characters, I already mentioned it a little bit before, but the a very common mistake I see with Mercy is if they start getting chipped down by hit scan, you are not going to want to just GA into the middle of your team because you're taking damage. Uh, you'll usually want to just hug a corner and then just take a step back so that they can't hit you, heal up, uh, and then you'll be fine. Don't panic because a soldier uh, on the other side of the map or like you know 20, 30 meters away. Uh, chipped you down a little bit just uh, stay composed and use your your terrain around you uh, in addition to that transitioning into common mistakes the other thing you want to not do is pocket farah most of the time now i'll talk about some common mistakes stealing josh job real quick no transition for you <laughs> sir uh you don't want to pocket farah and that seems like crazy right because that that's what the community says mercy does you pocket farah right no pocket farah should pocket you there's a very key reason for this. So first, it's very important to keep vision of your Farah. Never let her out of your sight for more than a second. Same rule as anyone else. Keep your eyes tilted up so that you can see her, but don't stay with her. And there's a very good reason for that. When you are with your Farah, you are the only thing you can do is dash to your team on the ground or dash to the Farah. You're stuck in the air unless you want to go towards your teammates, which are probably not in a good position. However, if you are in your nice little cozy corner where you should be positioned initially, you can always just dash up to the Farah if there's ever any threat. It provides you a great escape route. However, if you are always with your Farah and you start getting chipped down by a hit scan because they are going to prioritize you over the Farah, First off, your Farah is not going to care. She's not taking damage, so she's not going to position more conservatively because you're taking damage. Uh, whereas if you're not with her, she will do that because she'll be the one taking damage. Uh, so if you start taking that damage, there's really nothing you can do outside of dash into the middle of your team where you're promptly going to die. In pro play, you will see them pocket the far a bit more for the key reason that in a dive matchup, it's very easy to dive a Mercy and they can DPS her down so fast that she won't even be able to dash to the far. And the far will position around having a Mercy. However, in solo queue, that's not going to happen. You will always have time to GA to your far if she's in sight. So you want to make sure to do that. Also, you are much more valuable as a character healing your team and farming Valk and just outputting everything you can than being the character that makes Farah a little bit better. That's not at all worth it for Mercy. Um, so to sum it up, you want to just tell your Farah, I'm not going to pocket you. If you stay near me, I'll heal you. 
when you need it. That way your Farah will stay near you and then you can always dash to her uh, and she won't play super aggressive thinking she's going to get pocketed. And if you start getting dove, you'll have that escape option. Whereas if you're always with your Farah, your team will not be getting killed as much as they need to. And if you start getting killed, there's really nowhere you can go. The next common mercy mistake I see I've already alluded to is res value. Res has no inherent value. Getting a res is not always a good thing. It can very often be a bad thing. The only thing that res can do is help your team win a team fight. That's really what Overwatch is about. It's about winning team fights. And if you res someone and then lose the fight, what you have done is not only used res in a situation where it didn't do anything and potentially miss an opportunity to get more value a little later, but you have also fed the enemy more alt charge and extended that fight that you were going to lose. So a huge mistake I see Mercies do all the time is let's say two people died on point and then they'll pop Valk and then they'll res both of them and because they weren't healing for a bit, a third teammate will die and then they'll start healing their whole team because the fight is a losing fight and there's only like three or four teammates fighting the six enemies. She'll be healing as much as possible, which means their team dies very slowly and you're healing a lot, which is not giving your team alt charge, but it's giving the enemy team alt charge. And what will happen is that fight that you lost will last an extra 30 seconds, which if they control the objective is terrible because that will allow them to get much more, especially on King of the Hill, a much more objective value. The other thing it'll do is it'll give their team like all of their ultimates. So that round, you're just going to lose because the enemy team will have more ults than you for a much longer time. So be careful that whenever you res, you know there's a good chance of it winning you the team fight and it's not going to cost you, especially if you're not likely to survive it or you're going to let another teammate die to get that res off. Another thing I do, again, I alluded to is walking. We say it after me as a Mercy player, we are not peasants. We do not walk. We fly. We want to be flying as much as possible because it's just the better way to get around. If you're ever walking in straight lines to get places, we will often get clipped from behind by someone who, who sneaks up on us. And then because we're moving in a straight line, we're an easy target and they just almost instantly kill us. Uh, or we're crossing an open space while walking so a Widowmaker can snipe us or a Hanzo can hit us. If we're like, you know, holding corners and then dashing to a teammate and then walking to a corner and then dashing to a teammate, you will stay alive much more effectively. Uh, in addition to that, you need to be thinking with your guardian angel as your movement much more. You need to kind of break the idea uh, with most characters. The fastest way to get anywhere is to walk towards where you're going in a straight line, as straight as possible. With guardian angel, it can very often be to dash to a teammate that's directly to your left and then try to slingshot past them and then turn to the right and then make line of sight of the teammate you're trying to get to and then dash to them or some weird angle. Very often, the fastest way to get somewhere is not a straight line. It's to dash to someone else who's not uh, in a straight line with that place you're trying to get to, which is normally a low health teammate. Um, so always bear in mind that you don't want to be walking to get someone, especially if it's like to a low health teammate. There's almost always someone you can dash to to get to that other low health teammate a little bit faster. Um, the next mistake I see a lot is overhealing. By overhealing, I mean that they just don't even bother trying to use damage boost and they'll just hold healing on their teammates, even though they're full health. Uh, which is just very wasteful because you could be making value out of damage boost, which could potentially give your team enough damage to get a pick 
or potentially give you enough alt charge to use Valkyrie sooner. So you want to be damaging whoever on your team is outputting the most trash damage, basically the most bulk damage, your junk rats, your roadhogs, your, uh, your soldiers, your faras, that type of thing. The next mistake, uh, also something I kind of alluded to, is overusing Guardian Angel. You don't want to be in a position where you're just dashing and then you're like, ah, I'm in Guardian Angel mode now, so I'm going to dash and then I'm going to dash and then I'm going to dash, even though at one of those points, you could have just walked into a doorway and been safe. You want to constantly be scanning for, okay, am I safe in this position? Follow that, that part of the flowchart where you need to actually evaluate, am I relatively safe here? Can I find a position and set up here or do I need to dash again? Okay. And do you have any additional pro tips you want to hand out before we close up here? Absolutely. So for a bit more advanced technical aspects, a lot of people kind of look over this aspect with Mercy, thinking she's a very easy character, but there's a lot of slightly little technical optimization that you do. One is cursor management. So if you have your beam attached to one person, you don't have to look at them. You don't have to look anywhere relative to them. As long as your character, you can draw a straight line from them to that person, you'll keep your beam on them. So you should be looking at information or, uh, well, you should always be looking at information, but you can also look at the person you have to be most likely next. So let's say you have your beam on a Reinhardt because he took damage and you're just healing him up. And then now you're staring at your Farah, who's shooting at the enemy team. And then suddenly she gets hit by like a Hanzo arrow in the chest or something. Well, you can just literally let go and then tap left click. And there's no looking, there's no camera movement, there's no thinking, you just start healing her. Uh, and that little optimization can save uh, your teammate's life. The other thing with vision, it's very important to take advantage of the fact that when you are beaming someone, you can look wherever. So you want to be just looking at your teammates, checking up on them, making sure they're not taking damage because every second you're not looking at a teammate, they could just die. And that's one of the most important things to do as a healer is prevent teammates from dying with your healing. In addition to that, you have to take advantage of the fact that you have x-ray vision specifically for your teammates. So you don't want to be positioned with your vision normally where you're like, oh, I'm going to make my vision kind of parallel to this wall because I can't look through the wall. So there's no point to look at the wall. But oftentimes there is a good point to look at the wall because you can see your teammates uh, using abilities, casting ultimates, taking damage, all of those things through that wall. And the last thing I'll say about Mercy is that I really want to break the stereotype that Mercy is a low skill hero just because she's easy to pick up. Well, it is true that of all of the heroes in the game, Mercy is probably the easiest to just pick up and do okay with she has such a high skill cap i have struggled so much with getting my mercy game up to snuff and labbing out all of these optimizations you can do that really do make a huge difference just because the game doesn't like tell you it and doesn't give you good feedback uh a lot of people didn't learn it and then mercy kind of had this identity of a low skill hero so no one bothered to try to push her there was no pride and look how good i am at mercy with genjis they're trying to learn this like use mostly useless ghost blade technique because it's something you can do but they're just glossing over all of the mercy optimization you can do we need to make mercy a high skill character again because she is we, we just need to step our game up don't use the excuse as a Mercy player, oh, this character is easy, I can do whatever. No, there is always stuff you can be doing better. Anytime I feel Mercy, excuse me, play Mercy, I feel like I am doing not nearly as well as I could be because there's so much I'm missing out on. So just Mercy community, step it up. 
as a whole, I feel like Mercy is a character that people play it and they get placed, they, they, they place a lot higher than they should be just because the community is not as good at Mercy as they are at other characters. And I want the community to actually step it up on Mercy so that it's competitive. So that in order to get Diamond on Mercy, you have to earn it because people have learned Mercy and they've uh, practiced their skills on Mercy and they've actually pushed her metagame. Uh, I want people to emulate the the good Mercy players and I want them to look up to them the way we look up at like Flower on Widow or any of the other like top level players on their character. I want Mercy to finally be pushed in the way that every other character has. All right. I guess those are your final thoughts on Mercy. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and talk to everybody about Mercy. Always a pleasure. You've done done every support except Symmetra for this show. So I think it's uh, safe to say you know what you're talking about. Lucio was done by Frisk. Oh, that is correct. Yeah, good point. Lucio was done by and Frisk. Hopefully I'll be doing Moira in the near future. We'll see. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, yeah, Moira. We uh I don't know what the way Reaper and Bastion are going. We might see Moira before that. Maybe. So uh so but yeah, thanks a lot for coming on to the show and and then you know explaining to everybody how you should be playing Mercy. Hopefully everybody was able to uh, you know, get some takeaways from this and, you know, be better mercy and, you know, maybe fulfill your dream of a better mercy community at some point. Yeah. Do our part. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, if, he, if uh, the, you, the listener, has any questions about what you heard on the show or any of these episodes, please, uh, so, you know, contact us at contact preparetoattack.com or on Twitter at preparetoattack.com. We'll try to get your answer, uh, answers, uh, qu- uh, questions answered. Sorry. And, um, you know, if we get enough questions, we might just have to hold a Q&A episode. So we'll see. But, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Wawa's Bootcamp? Absolutely. I'd love to. So Wawa's Bootcamp is a free coaching uh, Discord server where you can find coaching on uh, any hero so long as you can find the coach willing to do it. I believe we have coaches for every hero. Um, I coach personally all of the healers. And as I said, I'm objectively, numerically the best coach ever. So if you would like <laughs> coaching on any of the healers, Lucio, Mercy, Anna, Symmetra, Zinyat, not Symmetra, Moira. Symmetra is not a healer. Anyway, any of those heroes, feel free to uh, contact me for coaching. I can help you out a lot. Uh, I do VOD reviews. So if you get me a VOD in competitive or scrims, playing that that character the entire time, preferably a closer match on a non-2CP map, uh, I can give you a coaching session. I promise you will be happy with it. Um, and all uh, there are a lot of other good coaches on there as well. And again, completely free. Uh, all it takes is your time and we can help you get better at Overwatch. All right, great. And do you also use mayhem.gg in your coaching? I do. Mayhem.gg is an awesome service that we use for VOD review coaching. It allows us to play the video uh, so that we both see it at the same time. Uh, a basic watch together thing, but it also has a lot of nice features for coaching where we can put like uh, hero stickers on there. We can draw on the screen, uh, draw arrows, uh, rewind five seconds, one seconds, 20 seconds, go forward. Uh, all of that stuff. So it's very useful. It even has built-in voice. Uh, But on top of that, it's a very functional watch together program. It works way better than any other I've seen. That's often very buggy. Uh, Mayhem works very well. So if you want to watch a movie with your friends, you can even use it for that. Um, But it is primarily designed for coaching. 
All right, great. Do you have any social media you want to give out? How can people contact you? I do not. I just have Discord. So if you want to contact me, uh, join Wawa's and find me. But if you uh, want to, it's foo uh, hashtag zero nine nine nine. You won't be able to message me unless you're on Wawa's or another server with me. Um, But yeah, feel free to contact me for coaching. I always am looking for more students. All right, great. And if you want to hear from uh, either me or Bob, the other host of this show, we are a part of Mash Those Buttons. We host Watchpoint Radio every week. That is our Overwatch podcast about Overwatch and its community. We record that live on Tuesdays at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, if you're not there for the Twitch stream, we do release it on multiple podcast platforms and SoundCloud on uh wednesday so you can find it there so that's watchpoint radio uh you can find us there you can also reach us at on twitter which is twitter.com slash watchpoint radio or twitter.com slash mtb site or facebook.com slash mash those buttons uh you can find me at on twitter at twitter.com slash underscore jaw underscore so it's underscore j a a underscore uh, we encourage everybody to, if, if you enjoyed the show, to leave us a rating and a review. Let us know what you think. And uh, before we go, I would like to thank Have Luck Good Fun for allowing us to use the song Sounds Like Overwatch as the theme for this show. Thank you very much. You should go check out his YouTube channel where he takes sounds from games and turns it into music. It's pretty awesome. So uh, once again, thank you to Have Luck Good Fun. Thank you once again very much, Foo, for coming onto the show again and uh you know dropping some knowledge always happy to do uh, that and if you like this one and you just came for mercy because there's a lot of mercy players out there but you have interest in the other support characters you like to get started i do have this same exact format podcast on anna and zenyatta so feel free to check those out yep yeah so uh like i said thank you and we will catch you guys on the next hero